Williams rips one into the night, deep into right, way out of here. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Oh my God, deep to right field, way up there, and way out of here. Second deck, walk off, home run. Welcome back to a long-awaited new episode of Stupid Money presented by the 610 Podcast Network. I am your co-host CJ Donafrey alongside Billy Bruno. Back again to talk uh, some Phillies talk, you know. If I remember correctly, last time we had a show, we were like, when are they going to do something? Like, we need to do something. Well, they've done some things. Billy? They finally did the main thing that everyone wanted them to do and what they frankly needed to do. They finally signed JT. So this offseason has been a success no matter what else happens. Yeah, I mean, they, they got it done. It, I mean, there was a point probably a couple months ago that I was like, there's absolutely no shot we get him back. Like all the signs were pointing to his departure and even like the Phillies reluctant to re-sign them to spend the money. But kudos to Dombrowski and Middleton. They played the market perfectly, waited it out, got them at a great number. Um, so I'm here for it. I love it. I mean, it, I think I saw you tweet that it, it validates the six day trade, regardless of what happens. I mean, you know, we traded a top prospect for, several years of the top catcher in baseball. Yeah, I agree. And even Sixto could end up being extremely good. I mean, he's showing flashes of immense potential. There's questions about him staying healthy with his arm, but if he does stay healthy and he has a great career, the trade is still validated because you got the best catcher in baseball back and he will be a Philly for seven total years. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. It could be a trade, one of the rare trades that actually works out well for both franchises. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna stink if Sixto does turn out to a to be a, a formidable like number one, um, and it's kind of looking that way. But the fact that we have JT, it's all good. Like I can live. I would not have been happy or pleased at all if Sixto turned into, you know an ace with multiple all-star appearances and we would we would be left with nothing right if you couldn't re-sign JT then the trade would be totally invalidated because mm-hmm. honestly what they should have done is sign next they signed to an extension right away I mean just yeah. to, just to ease everyone but I don't know he probably wanted to test the waters as well um pre-pandemic he, he could have made a little bit more money probably but I think this is a fair price anyway he gets to say that he's the highest paid catcher in average annual value um and honestly that was around our number i believe we didn't want to go too much higher than the 23 million Mm -hmm. yeah i mean last i heard they probably like a week a week ago the phillies were at 110 the real muto camp wanted just a little bit more and i'm assuming they just settled at 115 and that's you know perfectly fine that's that's how 
relationships, like organization player relationships work. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited that we have him for the rest of Bryce's uh, prime years. Uh, that's going to be, at least we have a duo. That's what I'm saying. Th- at least we have two guys that we know will, will get it done, you know? Yeah. And especially for the next couple of years, you know, JT is going to be a beast. There could be some tailing off at the end of his contract. Um, just don't know how his legs or knees are going to hold up catching all the time. Hopefully he's fine. Um, but five years is a good time frame as well. Like you said, it's in Bryce's prime years, but also it's going to really kind of make sure there's not too much decline at the end of a contract where we're paying someone for a catch position a lot of money. So I, I really like this deal overall. Um, and I was with you. I was a little nervous a couple months ago about um, being able to re-sign him. I thought that he was going to possibly go to the Mets because I know that they yeah. want to spend a lot of money now. They got a new owner, the only owner in baseball that didn't lose money last year, and he is ready to shell out dollars. But then there was a comment said that he didn't really want to go to New York. So I was like, all right, maybe he won't end up with the Mets. They ended up signing uh, McCann. Mm-hmm. So that helped us out. And when that happened, I was like, okay, we could probably get him back. But then the Middleton comments saying that we're in a financial crunch and we're not in positions to sign big, sign big free agents. Then that brought me down a little bit more. And then I thought he possibly could go out to the Angels and they signed Kurt Suzuki, but still even signing Kurt Suzuki means that you can still sign JT and have Suzuki as the backup for a year or two. Um, but what I really think pushed the Phillies in the high gear to get this deal done yesterday was the rumors that there was uh, mutual interest between him and the Braves. Yeah, yeah, that was concerning. Um, even though I'm not entirely sure how true that was, I think that was that could have been from like Real Muto's agent leaking that, um, which would make sense because they have Darno, who was a silver slugger last year. But you never know, you know, that kind of, it might have been Real Muto kind of nudging the Phillies, like, hey, let's, I like, let's get this done. Um, but it worked out. Um, just happy he's not a brave Nat or Met. <laughs> Which was, oh, they were all yeah. possibilities. It Could you imagine? It would have been devastating, but it would have been even worse if we lost him to someone in the division. Yeah. But I do but, think the Braves thing was kind of smoke. There wasn't really fire. But um, just that little threat, I think, pushed the Phillies into a high gear. Yeah. So another thing, big thing that they did, Dombrowski, went out and got a guy for the bullpen, Archie Bradley, um, much needed. Uh, you know, I was thinking, Billy, if we had this bullpen that we have now, obviously it's not done yet, or I, I'm hoping it's not done yet. If we had the pieces that we have now last year, do we make the playoffs? Probably. Um, with the That's what I'm thinking. Field, I think so too. I would think that we would because our, our offense was good last year. It really was just the bullpen. The starting pitching was average, um, especially towards the back end of the rotation. But, I mean, we just had an all-time horrendous bullpen and still was close to making the playoffs. And still, honestly, I feel like we could have made the playoffs if we didn't have, what was it, like 13 games in nine days, something like that. 
Yeah, that we had like that really bad stretch. Because they just got totally worn out at the end and they ended like one and nine or one and eight, something like that to end the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think with the pieces that we have now in the bullpen, which is only a couple more, Archie Bradley's the big name, and we made a couple more acquisitions as well, didn't we? Yeah. Uh what's his name? The Rays guy, Alvarado or something like that. Yeah. Um apparently he's just he's like this lefty flamethrower you know and this is what i love we get clentech out and we bring dombrowski in kind of change the mindset and we actually get guys that throw hard clentech clentech's probably punching the air right now like dang it he doesn't throw like 87 it's Ugh. not all about the spin rate anymore you need <laughs> some velocity as well <laughs> that's what i love i love a good bullpen that's just filled with guys that throw gas, you know, like that. It just doesn't hurt. Well, I mean, just look at when we were good. The reason why we made the playoffs in 08 was because Brad Lidge didn't blow a save. We barely made the playoffs and you had dominant guys at the back end of your bullpen. Like we did with JC Romero, Ryan Matson, Brad Lidge. And you know, you have those three guys you can depend on you feel so much more confident about pulling your starter a little bit or just knowing that you're going to be able to hold a lead late in games. And we, you cannot say that with the Phillies the past couple of years. Yeah. You look at teams around the league and especially, I mean, it's been a thing, but even more so now every like relief pitchers nowadays just get on the mound, throw gas, and then they have, like one wipeout pitch, like a wipeout slider. Like I'm thinking about Karen check in Cleveland. I'm thinking about, uh, you know, uh, Josh Hader, you know, that's kind of like the trend of relief pitching nowadays. And the Phillies just refused to address that, you know, um, everything, everybody we, we had over the past five years, never topped hundred. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have a single relief pitcher that didn't touch a hundred. Yeah, I'm trying to think the last one may have been 100 Miles Giles. Yeah, honestly. And that was like different regime, like whole different team. Yeah. And he's I mean, still good. He is. That was that was a trade that we really should have gotten some more people back too. Yeah. To make, that was the Vinny V trade, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's still around. So that I think the next move has to be a starting pitcher. I mean, I know the bullpen, we still need some more pieces. And I like Archie Bradley. Love him on Twitter. I mean, he's fantastic Twitter. Yeah, player. cool guy. Um, but to me, we need another starting pitcher. You can't go into the season with Vinny V being your number five. Yeah. And that's – it kind of puts them in a tough spot because there's, there's still some – pieces out there um obviously the big fish trevor bauer but i really i don't think that's that's a even a possibility like i don't even think they're looking into that um there's there was some nice pieces on the trade block but unfortunately they've been traded like i'm thinking of joe musgrove um a couple others blanking but you know i I don't for someone that good I just want someone who's a formidable starter because Velasquez is. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. And I'm interested to see what Dombrowski does, because I know 
there have been some rumors about like almost everyone has been has been like on a Dombrowski team before. Like I'm thinking Annabelle Sanchez, which I wouldn't be too crazy about. Um, yeah, but I agree. They definitely need to get, even if it's they aren't even thinking for that fifth starter, they need depth because if one guy goes down for more than two weeks, what do you do? What do you, like I, there's, you have no. Who would be the sixth starter? I don't know. Yeah. Is it Cole Irvin? I hope not. I hope not, talk, but it, it might be. Talk about guy that throws slow. Exactly. And I really want a lefty in the rotation. We haven't had a lefty starter for a full year, really. Mm-hmm. Cole Hamels. Or no, Drew Smiley, I guess you can count him. Drew for Smiley. Couple, for a couple months. I mean, and then Cole Irvin for like a hot sec. But like, yeah, not like, really. To me, I don't know. You play baseball more than me, but don't you need a little mix up in the rotation? Like, if you're a batter, I feel like if you're seeing right handed throwers from the Phillies all the time, it's easier to, you know, be comfortable in the batter's box. Yeah. I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt. Like, I mean, that's why most teams kind of have a mishmash of both um yeah i like i'm looking at the names and i don't really know what direction they do because they're kind of pinched with money even though there's what did i there's roughly 25 mil about maybe give or take to meet the payroll of last year now is middleton willing to spend the same as last year i don't know that's to be told he might want to cut a little bit save some money um, and on top of maybe a starting pitcher, they need to get a shortstop or we assume they, they want to get a shortstop because I really don't think they want to roll into next season with Gene Segura and Scott Kingery. Yeah. And I had been seeing Andrelton Simmons name pop up, but obviously he just signed yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday there was a lot of movement with the shortstops that were all connected to the Phillies. You got Simmons to the Twins. You got Galvis to the Orioles. And Marcus Semien, who kind of set off the domino effect to the Blue Jays. Um, so there's really not that much left. You know, I saw Colton Wong, maybe, but he he's, he's gold glove, but at second base. You could play Gene at short. Yep. It's not ideal. But you could. Um, he really doesn't have the range that you would want for a shortstop. Um, but I think you need some middle infielder at, to start because you just cannot trust Scott Kingery right now. No. And obviously you and- want him to play, so maybe you get someone who's a platoon situation. And then if Kingery figures it out, then he takes the starting job. But you need some sort of insurance policy. Yeah. Um, I was, um, I think it was John Heyman tweeted out that it's obvious that the Phillies are want the one year deal so that they can be in play for the big free agent shortstops for next year. But I was thinking that maybe they think Bryson Stott is one year away and they want him. Yeah. 
I don't know that's if they want to go and pay big bucks for a shortstop next year. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole thought process behind being adamant on getting a one-year guy is because it just gives you more flexibility. You know, the thing with, I mean, you and I both would love Didi back. You know, I love him as a player. We could want him to be a little bit more better defensively, but he can hit. But the fact that he wants the two-year 30 mil that just came out yesterday, that kind of puts the Phillies in like it kind of boxes them in. I mean, like you said, I'm fully behind like a one-year guy, go after a big fish shortstop, but don't break your back. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And we got Bryson Stott, you know, but getting the DD, it's two years. And then you're kind of putting a, a lot of faith in Bryson, you know, because you're missing out on the big fish and really got nowhere to go after DD. Yeah, I don't really like the two-year deal for DD for, for us um, because I do want to leave our options open, like you just said. But for DD, multi-years makes sense because if he does another one-year deal, he's a free agent again next season. He's like fifth or sixth on the free agent market for shortstops mm-hmm. for next year. So then he's not going to command money. And I bet teams realize that. So they don't – they know there's going to be more – better options available next year. So they don't want to shout out all this money for DD. So he's in a really poor position personally. Um, but for us, I just don't want to do that. I also yeah. was wondering, probably last case scenario for this year, but the Phillies did do a trade, a low key trade with the Red Sox. And they got back a prospect, CJ Chatham. And CJ Chatham. He did have decent numbers in double A and he had a little short stint for about a month in triple A in 2019. Um, but is he ready to take the next step? Is he, do they want to try him out at short, see how, or see how he is um, and like wait for Bryson Stott or if he's really good, then they can trade Bryson Stott. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Chatham, I actually have his autograph on a baseball card. Um, he was kind of – I mean, he was a Dombrowski guy in Boston, um, so that's probably why Dombrowski went out and got him because maybe he, he believes in him. Uh, he was always kind of like that – like he has it all. He has the ability, but he never really put it fully together. Um, so I'm, maybe, maybe a change in scenery, change in coaching. I know – um, the Phillies minor league uh, hitting development team is uh, well known within the league as being one of the top in the league. So who knows? Maybe that maybe that is a plan or just having kind of like him along with, you know, the other pieces we have and kind of just piecing together the shortstop and second base position for this year. Um, I'm not sure if I would be a big fan of that. I, I kind of went all in on the idea on Andrelton Simmons. Like, I love him as a player. I think he's one of the – he's probably the best defensive shortstops of our generation, and I kind of love that idea with a pitching rotation of, you know, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and Eflin, who are all kind of like ground ball pitchers, and just shoring up that defense, especially after last year. You know, there were some problems uh, – DD, you know, he can hit, but doesn't have the best range or best arm. 
But Simmons, man, he he's like a cat out there. He's fast, nimble, quick hands, doesn't let anything through. I love him. He would have been a good fit for us because we really don't need someone who's hitting for average or power from the shortstop position. I think defensively is the biggest need for us in shortstop because we have other guys that can hit in the lineup. And especially um, if Bohm's staying at third, he's already shaky defensively. So you really want to shore up that side of the infield. Um, but I don't know. He's gone. I don't know who else is really left out there besides um, Wong, you said, because he's a second baseman. Yeah. I mean, he has played short before, but he's really settled in at second the last several years. Um, I could see them trying CJ Chatham and Kingery and Segura in like a three man rotation um, and just seeing how it goes. And I'm looking up his minor league stats right now. He's a career 298 hitter in the minors um, in 2019. In 20 games in Paul Tuckett, AAA, he batted 302. And in 90 games in Portland, AA, he batted 297. But is that enough yeah. time at AAA? There could, be, there could be something there. Maybe that's what Dombrowski is looking at. Um, there's also another scenario that I don't, I, don't think it's cert- I don't think it's out of the question, but it's highly unlikely. Go contact the Colorado Rockies. Put a package together for Trevor's story. You think? Because there's – I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, that's a very Dombrowski move to just mortgage the future, you know. Piece together – literally give them a list of the top 30 prospects in the Phillies organization and tell them, pick your favorite five. If we're doing a move like that, I want pitching. I don't want to do a move for that for short. I would rather yeah. piece together short – for a year, maybe, and then reevaluate next year. Is it? Yeah. Are your is Bryson Stott ready? Do we go out and sign somebody to a big deal? Do we piece together for another year? That's what I would rather do. Um, if we're going to do a big trade, I want some pitching because I don't think that's good enough yet at all. I think for the lineup, right now you can post together a very formidable lineup. Obviously, there's weak spots, um, middle of the infield. And I guess center field as well now. But um, I'm, I'm still looking at pitching. We shored up JT. You got the catcher situation situation figured out. If you missed out on him, that was going to be a very real problem with no solution in sight. We That's got very that. true. Because Andrew Knapp is not a, a, not a solution in any way. No, not at all. I'm so glad that I'm only going to have to see him one or two times a week now taking his stupid switch hitting swings because he stinks on both sides. He should just focus on one. And whenever he gets a hit, it's going to yeah. be a bloop single somewhere. N- nothing to the Yeah, game. a little spinner off the mat. Yeah. yeah. Spinner over at third baseman's head. Drop in. Yeah. He lucks into all those hits. He does not mean to do them. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that covers most of it. We're looking to become a little bit more scheduled throughout the semester. Um, you know, it's been busy for us. We're kind of getting settled in. But as spring training starts, that's going to be exciting. And maybe we'll 
drop some uh, drop some episodes once the season starts. Okay. I do want to ask you a question. Um, so they're preparing to go to spring training, obviously, very soon. Do you mm-hmm. think they're keeping that schedule and we're going to have a full season? Because I know there had been talk before that, you know, they wouldn't be able to have a full season if fans weren't allowed back. Yeah. I, that's, that's something that we need, as, as fans, we need to keep a close eye on because I have no idea what they're going to do. I wouldn't be surprised if they drop it a little bit to maybe like 120, you know, middle ground a little bit. But I hope it's a full season because that, that's what like what we're used to and that's what I enjoy. Even though 60 last year was kind of like a fun sample, you know, like each game counted more, but like it, it didn't feel real. Um, yeah. I, I, I hope they fit, can figure something out because, you know, in some of our classes, we're reading and uh, looking at stuff saying like the MLB, they need, they need fans. They can't, they can't conduct another season financially without some type of revenue. I'm hoping that they can at least have partial attendance to start off and then maybe expand on that as the season goes on. That's my hope. I don't think they're really sh- – is a need right now to say no fans in the beginning. Um, Cause you can space everyone out. It's outdoors. It's not like you're in an arena for an NHL or NBA game. And when it's warmer, people are more likely to go outside anyway. So that that's my hope. I want the 162. Um, I wouldn't be entirely distraught if they drop it down to anywhere between that and 120, like you said, but uh, we need some sort of real full season because last year yeah while it was exciting because every game meant so much it's just it's not it's not baseball you know teams go on runs it's a marathon not a sprint um so last year was different but i'm ready to go back to what we're used to yeah and if you look at like the timeline of what it should happen we should be okay with a vaccine rollout with you know by even if it is not the start of the season, by like mid-season, people should be in the stadium. I'm hoping that the players are able and to get vaccine too. Yeah, right? Because that would be big. That would be, because then there would be no postponements really. Cancellation, yeah. It would make everything just run so much more smoothly. Yeah. I just, all I, I'm just craving a Bud Light line at Citizens Bank Park. That's all oh. I want. That does sound very, very good. Yep. Just a, a nice early summer day, maybe even a matinee, one o'clock start. Get go get go get a cheesesteak and one of the like a tall boy of Bud Light Lime. I will say, I think I'll cry. I would I think I would cry. Like literally the first time I get back in Citizens Bank Park, I think I'm gonna cry. I think baseball games are the games that I missed going to the most. Um, those are the games I usually go to more often anyway, but not being able to go to any game last year was really tough. Um, cause like I had gone to a Sixers game and a Flyers game pretty much right before everything was shut down. So I got my games in for last season, but I didn't get any baseball games in for last season. And it's just so enjoyable being out in the nice weather, catching a ball game, getting the stadium food. I mean, I need that back this summer. 
Yeah. Anyway, I think that'll wrap it up. Um, thank you for listening to our new episode of Stupid Money presented by the 610 Podcast Network. Um, looking forward to the rest of the off season and beginning of the season. It's going to be exciting. Um, yeah. So for CJ Donifrey and Billy Bruno, thank you. Thank you.